I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. This season of Fairy God Boss Radio is brought to you by Cisco, the worldwide leader in IT networking and cybersecurity solutions. Cisco is deeply committed to inclusion and diversity because without diversity thought and a commitment to equality, there's no moving forward. Cisco was voted a top company for women by its female employees on Fairy Godbox. Hello, everybody. Today, I'm joined by Carolyn Seward, who's the Vice President and General Manager of the Data Center Solutions Group, Customer Experience and Fulfillment at Intel Corporation. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the introduction. Carolyn, please tell us about your career. How did it start and how did you get to where you are now? Well, fresh out of college, uh, I got my engineering degree and um, right before I was graduating, I got my first interview with Intel Corporation and it turned into a second interview and here I am 20 plus years later. I started as a process engineer and then worked my way up to engineering manager. And somewhere along the road, I got married, had two kids, and then worked my way up to director in the technology manufacturing and supply chain area. And then continued to take different assignments, uh, made vice president. It was a wonderful uh, milestone in my career. And then uh, last couple of years, I transitioned into the data platform organization, and I'm running customer experience and fulfillment. That's so fantastic journey so far. Amazing. And we don't talk to many people on the show who have been at one company for 20 plus years. So that speaks volumes about your experience at Intel. Well, in a big company, that's the other beauty of it is that you get a chance to move around and just have different experiences. And as long as it's a fantastic company, you just enjoy your journey within the same area. So, That's incredible. Uh, I do want to back up to ask a little bit more about how did you get involved in engineering in the first place? Yeah, so very interesting. I always knew I was going to go into sciences. Um, you know, I was really good at math and I wanted to get either in engineering or in some sort of a medical field And then I got a chance to do a co-op assignment through school and ended up at NASA Ames uh, Research Center as a research assistant. And I really enjoyed what I was doing there. And I knew it at that point is when I made up my mind. I thought, that's really what I want to go do. So that kind of turned into getting into engineering. And then next thing I know, I got my first job at Intel. So it's been fantastic. Fantastic. Along the way, clearly you've had a lot of progression. How have you set yourself up for the next role, the next assignment? When do you know it's time for the next? You know, as I reflect back, I would say that I always took on those assignments that were stretch assignments. And anytime I felt too comfortable in a position, I knew it was time for me to move to the next uh, chapter in my career. And you always hear from women that they wait until they're 90 plus percent qualified for a role before they go into that job. And I'm here to tell you that the biggest opportunities are those that you're 50, 60 percent there and you have to grow into. And I always took those opportunities. And those are the types of opportunities that really grew my career. That's great. I love it. So along the way. There is sort of a stereotype that there are not a lot of women engineers in the room, and yet you rose through the rank in more 
traditionally male areas like engineering or process or supply chain. How did you experience that? Did you feel like you were the only woman? And and how did you manage that? Uh, absolutely, especially in engineering 20 some odd years ago. Uh, I, I remember uh, walking into this one classroom in engineering and the professor uh, used to always greet us by saying lady and gentleman. So very <laughs> quickly. Fine <laughs> point on it. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Every time uh, he reinforced it. And um, very quickly, I realized that I was a minority in that field. And it's interesting because when I joined Intel, initially, you know, fresh out of college, I remember attending one of these big meetings, one of my first big meetings, and I was in a room, you know, 25 people there, and I was trying to pay attention to the technology and what problems they're trying to solve. And at one point, I stopped and I was just uh, looking around the room, and I realized that I was sitting fresh out of college with 25 plus middle-aged men, and I just remember thinking to myself, what am I doing here? And it was, I'll never forget that feeling at that moment. And, you know, I realized that that was the field, especially, you know, I was in a supplier management organization that works with international companies. And that was the field. I was going to be a, you know, the minority. And at that point, I decided it's either going to hold me back or I'm going to thrive in that kind of an environment. And I chose to thrive. And um, later on, when I'm, you know, mentoring women, I I remind them that consider it a competitive advantage, you know? Uh, So you're not the vanilla in the room. You're unique. You stand out. People are curious about you. How are you going to take that opportunity and demonstrate your capability very quickly? And, you know, you earn your credibility and you move forward. I love it. So, yeah, I think that navigating through those environments and make, consider it a positive experience doesn't have to hold you back. Yeah. And your comfort with the situation probably helps everyone else around you feel more comfortable, too. Absolutely. And I remember after I was already vice president, we walked into this meeting. It was in Asia. It was an executive meeting. And we walked in. There were 40 plus people there mingling, getting ready for the actual meeting. And I remember one of the executives that I walked in with uh, turned around after a few minutes and said, Carolyn, you realize you're the only woman in this room. And I scanned the room and I turned around and I said, you know what? I didn't even notice. (laughs) And it's funny because he's the one who noticed, but I had become agnostic to it. So you're absolutely right. At some point, as you're more comfortable, they feel comfortable around you as well. That's great. So now you're at the head of the table. What do we need to do to bring up more women into the room for the future? Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. We all need to pay it forward. It's so important that we continue to create those opportunities for women. You know, we paved the way, but how do we bring the the rest of the journey along? And at Intel specifically, we have a lot of initiatives. Um, In the supply chain area, I was the co-founder of what we called was uh, WISE, which was the Women in Supply Chain. And it was really focused on advancing, developing, and and retaining uh, women in the supply chain area. And then later on, when I joined the data platform organization now, I am uh, leading what we call is the business acumen series. It's really hosted events to teach on different types of business and technology and career development and also, you know, conferences and networking. So we create a lot of opportunities, not only to 
mentor and sponsor, but also just creating those environments to grow the community and network, as well as making sure that they're strengthening business acumen. So continuing to coach and see uh, the women develop is absolutely critical. And every single one of us need to continue to do that and pay it forward. I love it. So you are investing both sort of in the big structural efforts and then also kind of the more casual or one-to-one efforts as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So along the way, you must have made some mistakes. We all do. (laughs) Tell us about a mistake you've made and what did you learn? Oh, of course. Let me reflect uh, which one I want to talk about. (laughs) So, um, you know, one that comes to mind is when I was an engineer, engineering manager, I wanted to get myself ready for a director role. And I was set, you know, to to make sure that I was prepared. So I moved around, did different kinds of uh, functions. I, you know, made sure I covered for my boss. I did plan and budgeting and resources, you name it. I did everything possible to prepare myself for this role. And when the opportunity came, I didn't get the job. Hmm. And I remember at the time, I was devastated. And, you know, I almost left the company at that time. I know that feeling. Yeah. And after I started to self-reflect, I recognized that there's a lot I could have done differently for, for myself to be more prepared for that role. So I had focused very much into that domain. And we do that, you know, you do a fantastic work in that domain and you will be recognized. I had not taken any assignments outside or given exposure to my capabilities outside of that immediate domain. Um, so those executives, when they make the decision, typically those decisions are made when you're not in the room. How, how yeah. much do they know about Carolyn Seward at the time, right? So taking those assignments that really give exposure and they can understand what you bring to the table was one of the key areas that I hadn't invested in. And then the second area is, you know, it's great to have career goals, but have you communicated them? Mm -hmm. So going out there and communicating your goals to those executives that could mentor and sponsor you and give you coaching even to what it takes to prepare for those kind of roles. So being able to also communicate, take those coaching, demonstrate your capabilities, then you have a much better chance of qualifying for that position. So I learned uh, from that um, and definitely learned to do things differently. I eventually did make it to a director level, but yes, uh, it was a great, great learning experience. And, you know, one that I will just share with the ladies, you know, take those assignments, give those exposures and communicate what your aspirations are. Yeah. You just can't be too explicit. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you'll take a lot of good coaching and feedback as well, and that will help you. Yeah. Great. So here it is, almost September of 2020, and this has been a tough year. How are you managing through this year as we move to virtual work, as we manage through this very difficult environment? How are you managing and navigating these waters? Well, first of all, my my heart goes out to those who have young kids and trying to juggle right now, being in September, trying to be a mom, a teacher, having a career. It's just my heart goes out to it. And it's just a tremendous time. And everybody has a different journey right now. And I'm fortunate enough to have uh, older kids right now. So it's a little bit easier for me. I just say that, first of all, always focus on what you can control and influence. And I travel typically 25 to 50% of the time. And, you know, I have 45 minute commute each way. So 
given the new normal, I have a little bit more time. So I'm yeah. trying to spend more quality time with my family, you know, making desserts and new types of food. And, you know, last week we tried to make panic cotta and uh, <laughs> definitely have to do a lot more experiences in making um, souffles. You know, I picked up painting. It's some, a hobby I always wanted to do that I've never had a chance. And I was uh, out in a backyard one day and somehow I turned into a family event. So just trying to make the best of the situation on, and making sure that at least I take advantage of having a little bit more time uh, and spending with families one. And from a work perspective, it's really continuously pulsing and understanding where your organization is, where individual uh, people in your team and what they're going through, having that empathy of what they're going through and how you can help them succeed in this environment is absolutely critical. And it's a continuous pulsing because what works today may be very different tomorrow. So you know, just continuing to make sure that you're really setting up your organization and your team for success. It's absolutely important as we navigate through this um, ambiguous environment. And let's just talk more broadly about work-life balance. So you usually have traveled quite a bit and throughout your career, you meant, alluded to this earlier, but how have you managed being a mother, raising children, and also stellar career success at the same time? How do you make that work? Well, first of all, what I always try to reinforce is that make sure you have a job that absolutely love. Yes. Because if you love your job, you know, anything you're going to invest 40 to 80 hours of your time, it shouldn't feel like a chore. The more you love about it, the more you can make time for it. And then having boundaries. Work life is about choices. So I always had boundaries throughout and it changed over time. So mm-hmm. When I was, you know, younger engineering manager, had young kids, I went and negotiated with my boss and uh, made sure that I ended up with U.S. accounts. I think I only had like one European account. And that gave, gave me opportunity to have the evenings to myself because Asian power management would require a lot more evening hours. But then later on, as my kids grew, I went back and took assignments and managed Asia accounts as well. So having those choices, depending on where you are with your journey, and then being in a company that allows you to have those choices, right? Make sure that you're joining not only a company, but you know, your manager, your leader also is helping you navigate through those choices. Uh, Because if you are empowered to make those choices, then you are a happier employee, and then you end up giving 200% back to the organization. So later on in my career, when I was, um, you know, I had, you know, director and I had both European and Asia accounts, I used to have boundary condition that said no meetings from six to 10 o'clock. And unless it was an urgent matter or something that came from, you know, executive level that I couldn't influence, you know, those time was set up as family time. And, you know, it took me an hour to get home and, you know, so seven to 10 um, you know, being a mother, making sure that, you know, we had dinner and homework was done and kids went to bed. And then I would get on a call, you know, with Asia or sometimes really late at night with Israel. You know, I made those choices and made it work for me. Being able to navigate through them is very important. I always made sure if I knew in advance, if my kids had, you know, school events that I worked around them. Um, yeah. So I would arrange to make sure that I wasn't traveling, that I was around, of course, if they surprised me last minute, uh, which kids sometimes do, and they had an event the next day, sometimes I couldn't make it. 
But I always mentor and and let the ladies uh, that I mentor know and and mentor myself as well is you never want to look back to your life and have regrets. And you always want to make those choices and make sure when you look back, you know, for me, it was important to have a successful career. So I juggled and prioritized and then made sure that I was there for my family and I will continue to prioritize that. Yeah. And I think to some extent, what you're saying is all about knowing what really matters to you. And then being very uh, deliberate and protective of the time you've allocated in each direction. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, Carolyn, I am now going to move to some of our fun questions. Ah, okay. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite karaoke song? Oh, my gosh. I hope I never get a chance to uh, sing karaoke. But um, (laughs) (laughs) from a song perspective, I like, uh, I think it's a Bunny Taylor song, uh, I Need a Hero. Oh, Um, that's a good one. It's part of the Shrek uh, movie that my son and I watched when he was younger many, many times, and it brings joy to me. So <laughs> That is a song that brings a lot of joy. What is your favorite way to practice self-care? I like uh, yoga. So mm. definitely, um, I practice yoga. I love it. And I make sure that every week I spend three hours on workout um, mm. and self-care. And uh, I was better at it when the gyms were open. I could go into team exercises. But since I've been home, I try to do half of that time yoga. And the other half of the time, my stationary bike is getting a lot of experience. Uh, (laughs) So it's very important to invest in self-care. It just makes me a better person and make sure that I am disciplined and make time for it. Absolutely. And it's interesting because you describe that just the way you describe blocking time for your family, blocking time for your work. It sounds like you manage everything through the time blocking. Which I Absolutely. Love. Yeah. It's very important that, and I, every Sunday I reflect back to make sure that, you know, I know exactly how much time I invested and whether or not I was successful and try yeah. to do it even better next time. <laughs> That's such a good discipline. Who is one celebrity you would like to have dinner with? Mm, I would say Amal Kaluni. Oh, I had excellent. Opportunities to see her on stage and you know the type of risk she takes, a uh, human rights advocate and mm-hmm. freedom of speech. Just amazing lady. I would love to hear more and more about her experiences. Uh, that Absolutely. would be wonderful. <laughs> She's pretty phenomenal lady. Yes. What is a book that you would recommend to our audience? Uh, I read a lot, uh, so it really depends on where they are in their career, but I would say that I had the pleasure of seeing Captain Michael Abreshoff. Um, He is the author of It's Your Ship, Uh and he talked about how he navigated his organization into turning into uh, empowered and high performance. And I liked it so much after I saw his talk that I went and bought the book and read it. And I've actually bought the book for several of my managers and leaders. Um, So I definitely recommend that. And then I would say that, you know, as I was going through my executive MBA program, one of the books that we read was the Leader to Leader. It's like Enduring uh, Insights on Leadership. And I like that one because it's short articles whether you're trying to navigate through learning about leadership or culture development or team dynamics, managing conflicts, it just has short articles. Anytime you want, you can just pick up one of those and read them and, you know, do self-development. So I thought that was a really good one. Excellent. That's fantastic. All right. 
So Carolyn, at Fairy God Boss, we observe that as you indicate, women are not good at taking credit for our work or the achievements that we've made that would help us get promoted even when we're not in the room, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to role model for us and brag to us about something you're great at or something you're really proud that you've accomplished. So I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to get a good degree and end up in a company like Intel that gave me lots of wonderful experiences. You know, I was able to deepen my expertise in both internal and external manufacturing, uh, supply chain, you know, strategy development and uh, execution, doing complex negotiations and contracting, investments. And also uh, recently, as I transformed into the uh, data platform organization, optimization of P&Ls and also you know, customer experience has been a fantastic journey so far. You know, I've really enjoyed it and you know, looking forward to see what uh, the rest of my career brings. I have to also say that I am grateful to have a husband and a partner that was really supportive throughout my career journey. I think uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to that. And I also am proud of my two sons. You know, they're not kids anymore. My older one is uh, starting his master's and my younger one is uh, celebrating a birthday. So I'm very proud of both of them. That's so wonderful, Carolyn. I love it. You did that very well. Thank you. (laughs) So before we close, um, is there just one last piece of advice you'd like to leave our audience with? Yes. Never stop learning. Mm. And I said, you know, after 20 some odd years at Intel, I'm learning every day. And it's so important. You know, businesses are transforming, uh, companies are transforming, and continuing to invest in self-development is absolutely important. And it's funny, when I talk to some of the folks that I uh, mentor, they always come back and talk about the fact that um, they don't have time, they're too busy. And it goes back to what you said, which is setting time and allocating to self-development. And I remind them that uh, somewhere along the way, I was able to, when I was a director and traveling everywhere, I went back and I got my executive MBA. And it was brutal two years, but it was because I was motivated. I made that choice. I I remember um, spending time with my older son at the time was in high school and we used to have uh, late nights together uh, studying. So if I could do that, and I wasn't the only one, I know uh, a few other women who did something very similar to this. So it's amazing. It's all about choices you make. And if you could do that, anyone could spend a couple of hours on self-development. And, you know, it's important to develop the career and take those assignments and really invest in both depth in a certain field or, you know, series of fields or, and also um, make sure that you invest in breadth, Um, Mm -hmm. making sure, you know, you know, have business acumen, invest in understanding where the business is going, where the company is going, what's the competitive landscape and, you know, how's your company positioning itself to continue to win. So very important to invest in both breadth and depth. And that would be, you know, something that I also do. As I said, I'm learning every day. It's fantastic. I love it, Carolyn. Well, you said quite rightly that when work brings you joy, that's when you do your best work. And I can see the joy that your work brings out of you. And you've had an amazing career and had a fulfilling personal life. So you you are a real role model for all of us. And I love the ideas and advice you've shared with us here. Thank you for spending time today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. 
Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.